Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome in to this Wednesday edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Brown's Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. And uh, we've got a development in a story that we talked about on Monday, and uh, we talked about yesterday on Eastern Panhandle Talk uh, with uh, the former sports team of Matt and Matt. Uh, we've got a development. In the story published on Friday night by the journal's Rick Kozlowski, he quotes Tyson Bajan as saying, he loves Shepard too much to leave, and unless Nick Saban came knocking, he's not going anywhere. Well, he took a visit last night to a team that over, a school that overlooked him coming out of high school, and uh, there's pictures surfacing all over the internet last night of him at the West Virginia Mountaineers men's basketball game with none other than head coach of the Mountaineer football team, Neil, Neil Brown, uh, according to BlueGoldSports.com. It's one of his three visits this week, trying to track down where his two others are, uh, Nick and I using our leads, potentially at the other Division One school in the state of West Virginia, still trying to find out more information on that. Uh, but, guys, uh, the situation developing rapidly because uh, he initially said he was just trying to put his name in the portal to see what's up. Now he could just be taking visits to see what's up, see what they think about him, you know, get feedback. Because when you go on a visit, they're going to talk to you about, you know, your game and what they think you are good at and what they think you need to improve at. Well, I think, too, like we all knew he was going to, entertain some other teams besides lsu and alabama i mean like west virginia maybe like a maryland or penn state if they were to show interest but obviously they have quarterbacks returning uh you know maybe marshall uh, i don't think any of those are out of the realm virginia maybe i don't know i mean i'm just like thinking about teams in the area that could potentially show interest and probably know more about Bajent than other teams uh but you know we'll we'll have to I'm not surprised by this, I guess, is what I'm saying. Like, obviously, WVU is a school that he probably had a lot of interest in or did have a lot of interest in coming out of high school, uh, like most kids in the state of West Virginia, right? I mean, they grew up wanting to play for WVU. So it's not shocking to me that he is at least hearing what Neil Brown has to say and potentially wanting to go to West Virginia. I don't think this is too surprising. Um and it would be, I think, a good opportunity for him to start and maybe bring back some glory to West Virginia. But also for him, if he plays well there, we know WVU quarterbacks that play well get a shot at the NFL. So yeah. it, it would be, I think, uh, a good opportunity if, if he made that jump. And uh, it's definitely not too surprising, at least for me, that he has at least entertained the possibility. Yeah, because even though it's West Virginia, you're still in the national news every single week in the conference that they're in via the Big 12. West Virginia is basically the professional team here in the state since there is no professional team. So everybody, except for Marshall, follows West Virginia. That is the place to be every Saturday night, it seems like, or Saturday afternoon. 
And this opportunity, if it is what it looks like it could be, might make sense for Bajan. It does make sense, and it's just kind of interesting to me the way that this has played out. Well, it's uh, a two-week span. He said he's going to be in for two weeks, so everything's going to be quick. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting the way that it's played out. As I mentioned off the top uh, in an article by Rick Kozlowski, he, he talked to the, the Shepherd quarterback, the Harlan Hill winner, um, and got some quotes from him for the story, and it kind of seemed like he just wanted to see where he was development-wise and, and things along that line, along those lines. Uh, but if you usually the the only one reason why I really think that he is just so undecided on what he wants to do is because you haven't seen him. Usually, when a player enters the transfer portal, uh, they're the ones announcing it. Like on on their social media, they're like, "Thank you so much to said university." Uh, for all the time over these last blank amount of years, but I am entering my name in the transport world. We haven't heard publicly, besides those comments that he said, that he told Rick Kozlowski in the journal on that article published Friday night, we haven't seen anything on social media-wise. I think to that point, though, Spencer, that's usually an announcement made when they know they're leaving. Tyson hasn't confirmed that he is leaving Shepard. He's just taking interest from other schools so they thank the university because they're done at this university he has not said that he is done at shepherd so maybe that's why he hasn't made an announcement like that on social media and also different players do different things i think too so it might not be how he wanted to announce it uh maybe he wanted it to be kind of a a more quiet type thing and didn't want a whole lot of attention on himself but obviously he's a star quarterback so he's going to have attention and you know I don't think we see anything like that until he makes a decision to leave if that is the decision he decides to make yeah definitely I would agree with that and uh you know just obviously Nick and I weren't here when he was in high school coming out of high school uh but I have tracked down a rivals prospect site from 2018 saying Tyson Bajan class of 2018 uh and then uh it shows school interested with prospects interest it it appears back in 2016 17 18 when he was coming out of high school he had interest in three division one schools West Virginia Marshall and Liberty now according to this I don't know how much it was actually used during his recruitment uh, he didn't take a visit to any of the schools, didn't have an offer from any of the schools. We know from West Virginia specifically, he never got an offer besides a preferred walk-on offer. Um, but those are three schools that wanted him back in the class of 2018, and he has he has three visits set up. So you wonder, are those the three schools that he's really interested in? Because, you know, Liberty, now they're uh, going to be in a conference next year, I believe. And Marshall, they're moving to the Sun Belt most likely next year. That fate's going to be decided here in a couple weeks. And and West Virginia, obviously, in the Big 12 and uh, school that he visited yesterday with Neil Brown. So there's a lot of possibilities here. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think those would all make sense. Like, I would presume it's going to be somebody in in this region to an extent that he would, if he were to leave Shepard, he would go to. Um and those schools would make sense. I think Liberty will need a quarterback, right? Malik Willis is leaving for the draft. 
Uh, obviously, Marshall needs a quarterback. Grant Wells has transferred to Virginia Tech, and obviously WVU could use a veteran quarterback after Jared Dagey transferred. So all those would make sense. But is it the right situation for Tyson? Well, ultimately, I think be the decision-making process for him. Um, but, yeah, I think all those would make sense still even today, and they probably – now have more interest in him after he's proven uh, what he can do at the D2 level and pretty much dominate Division Two. So it is seems to be time for him to at least take advantage of that and make the jump to D1. And you got to remember, everything that we've been saying is all speculation because we haven't heard from Tyson himself. It'd be a lot easier if we heard from him other than the one journal article where he said hey i'm entering the transfer portal it's only a two-week thing just to basically test the water see what i can get it he said he's not leaving but i don't find that fully true i don't know it's uh, the safety part of it is staying at shepherd you just play your final year maybe win another harlan hill and hope that the national media gets you there to possibly play at the next level professionally if you want it the risky part is trying to go to a team like west virginia battle it out with your one year of eligibility and see if you get a start or not because you never know it's not guaranteed a coach can say that it's guaranteed but that isn't always true well no coach is going to tell them that it's guaranteed exactly i don't think either but you know i do think that that would be appealing right in some ways to prove yourself that you can play at the Division One level, I think most well, athletes got one want year to, to do, do it. it. Yeah, but I, I think a lot of guys would take that risk, and I feel like Tyson Bajan, as a competitor, may want to take that risk and try to prove himself at the D one level. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, back to last night uh, when he was at the West Virginia Mountaineers game, uh, voice of Motown had a story published uh, from last night about it. Uh, there's a picture the picture that nick showed not the same picture i'm referring to now but he was uh pictured sitting in the stands with neil brown and next to him was a guy that the mountaineers brought in last january a west virginia guy as well that being lineman doug nestor who came to the mountaineers from virginia tech in january of 2020 i believe um or excuse me january 2021 uh those guys they kind of know each other uh the 2018 state championship saw martinsburg beating spring valley 31 to 7 so yeah that's kind of interesting interesting. obviously nestor would be a player he would play with at wvu yeah and it'd be in front of them on the o-line yeah so that makes sense that they would you know bring another player that he might be familiar with that's from the state and can talk about maybe making the jump from a school to West Virginia. I think a lot of that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just only, thought only I saw that. Right now. I thought I saw that last night. Why? So I'd seen the picture and I was like, who's that next to him? Because I have no clue who that was next to him initially. And then as I kind of looked through the, you know, more post about it, I did see that it was in fact, Doug Nestor. And I was like, there's gotta be some kind of West Virginia high school connection there. And I was like, when we were talking about Spring Valley the multiple times Martinsburg played yep. them this year, I was like, they played in back-to-back state championships in 2017 and 2018. So, And if you look at the picture that we showed to uh, Tyson's rights, Ezra. Yeah. So. Now, I, I don't know how much that is. is just his brother. I mean, that's yeah, his brother just accompanying him. Just but, I mean. A family trip. 
But it, it would have to be, you know, some kind of unofficial visit because some way, some way, how the NCAA could look at that as something bad because Ezra. Well, I don't think so. I think it'd just be his brother. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it would have anything to do with Ezra potentially going to WV. No, I highly doubt that. No, yeah. It'd be interesting. I didn't notice that until you pointed that out about an hour or so ago. Uh, But, you know, this this whole thing continues to evolve. And, uh, you know. just have to try to see if uh, Tyson's one to talk. Yeah. I mean, hey, Tyson or anybody out there, if you're listening. We'd like to talk to you. We don't have your contact information. When we had you on the show, we went through the Shepherd Athletic Department. So if you want to come talk to us, we'll be more than happy to talk to you, get your side. Uh, you can even you know announce your stay and wherever you're going. We'd love to have you on the show, talk about it. Uh, congrats again on the Harlan Hill Trophy, man. Uh, but uh, that does it for uh, this segment. Segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one. First, go to ParsonsFord.com for more. When we come back, we'll talk some West Virginia high school basketball action. We had one game last night, and there was a battle of undefeateds that we didn't have last night. We'll talk about that next on the Sports Mix. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Let's go to some beers. Mountaineer Grill and Pub. Conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go to some beers. Mountaineer Grill and Pub. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. It's time to roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. It's time to fire up one of the most electric atmospheres in the country. One on two, takes it to a bucket, layup shot, good, and a foul. Gets the bridges with the shot clock expiring. He hit it for three. It's time for West Virginia basketball. Takes the ball toward the basket, pulls up for a jumper in the wind. It is no goal. West Virginia wins it. Be part of the action at the WVU Coliseum. Tickets are on sale now at WVUGame.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this Wednesday, January 12th edition of the Sports Mix. On Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, streaming live on the TV 10 Facebook page. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. Uh, EPAC basketball action last night. Uh, there was four teams in action. We had one game 
Uh, one game completely dominated by Martinsburg, Nick. They won over Washington 88-40, to and it all goes back to really that second quarter where they outscored uh, Washington 30-9 to and then continued that in the fourth qu- or third quarter, excuse me, outscoring uh, them again uh, 24-9. to Yeah, it was definitely an uh, impressive game for the Martinsburg Bulldogs. Aiden Jackson leading the way with 15 points followed by Evian Blackwood with 14. Uh, so some good performances. A lot of guys got in the scoring column. Uh, I believe it was five players in double figures for the Bulldogs last night. So, uh, you know, good performances. I think they got some good performances off the bench as well. Jaron Adkins comes in, scores nine points. Noah Young had 10 off the bench. And those are guys that weren't getting a ton of minutes early in the season but are now starting to carve out roles for themselves off the bench for the Bulldogs. And I think it was just a good game to really, uh, I guess, figure some things out for Martinsburg because they had played a little bit sloppy even through those first five games, even though they did have three wins in a row. Uh, But they weren't really good wins in terms of how they played. And they played pretty well, or really well last night. Um, But again, this Washington team, too, isn't necessarily on their level yet. They're a very young team. So it's tough to get a good gauge of uh, how how to judge this game from a Martinsburg perspective, but I think it is a game that gets you on track, builds some confidence for you guys moving forward uh, in what will be, as we already said, a very tough EPAC schedule for the Bulldogs. Yeah, it finally seemed like they were playing as a uh, full team. The first quarter, the first couple minutes in it, they still kind of seemed a little bit sloppy. Washington had the lead at the start of it, but Martinsburg started knocking down shots, got the lead from Washington, and then just went into Coors control. They uh, played well offensively, defensively, and it was a very impressive game from Martinsburg, and that's what we said we needed from them last night was to find that identity, and I finally feel like last night they might have finally done that. Yeah, I believe it was like 7-2 to two early. Martinsburg comes back, ties it up at 7, or ties it up at 9, I think, and then uh, finishes the quarter on a 7-0 run to go up 16-9 at the end of the first quarter. And that's when you kind of knew Martinsburg was in control of the game if they could continue to play at a high level, and then obviously they did and pulled away and won big. So, you know, good win for the Bulldogs, but again, don't know how good Washington will be this year because they are so young and they were playing without their best player so it's tough to to judge the game, but I think anytime you have a good performance like that, especially when you've been playing kind of sloppy, it builds that confidence. It it starts to get that identity, like Colin said, and can help move your team forward into what will be you know some good games coming up against Jefferson and Hedgesville, and you know the rest of the EPAC Spring Mills as well as a team you got to look out for, Muscleman. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know we talked about in the pregame show. You just hadn't really seen that full, complete game for Martinsburg yet, and we did last night. They were able to do what they wanted the entirety of the game. And, uh, you know, for them, that's four straight wins now after starting 0-2. So that's got to give them some confidence. Yep. Not much else to say, really, about that one. Uh, They'll be back in action on Friday. At Musselman, that game switched due to the scheduling, I'm thinking, uh, because of their trip to the Greenbrier for the uh, battle for the spring house. They kind of moved things around. Uh, the Musselman game that was scheduled for February 16th, I believe, is now at Martinsburg. Uh, but So they'll be back in action uh, 
at Musselman Friday night. It's a 7.30 tip. We'll be on the Johnny's Express tip-off show at 7 p.m. Uh, Musselman, though, Musselman, they fell. We mentioned it in the show yesterday. They fell to Sharando 54-53 on Monday night. They're back in action tonight against 1-6 Preston. Uh, that's a 6 p.m. game, I believe. I could be could be wrong on that. Uh, but Musselman trying to get back in the win column before they face uh before they face Martinsburg on Friday. Yeah, I, I, it seemed like last time we saw Musselman that they they had a lot to still clean up. I think um, their defense is very tough, but I think offensively they need to just get more consistent with knocking down shots. They're getting good looks, so they're just not knocking them down. But their strength was really in the transition game. Yeah. So if I, they possessed the ball too much, it seemed like they were unable to get that shot like you're talking about. Yeah, half-court offense just wasn't really a strength for them, and I think that probably was the result of that loss against Sharando. So Preston, obviously a 1-6 team, so a chance to maybe clean some stuff up heading into Martinsburg and uh, what should be a pretty good game on Friday. It definitely should be, and for Spring Mills, they are back on, or excuse me, for Washington, not Spring Mills. We'll talk about Spring Mills again in a second here. Uh, Washington back on the court on Friday. They take on Jefferson and Jefferson last night. Uh, what a, you know, the battle of undefeateds there. That game originally supposed to be at Jefferson, but due to uh, scoreboard malfunctions at Jefferson, that game moved to Hedgesville. So even the fact that they were on the road, it performed very well against Hedgesville coming in 7-0. and We had head coach Kelly Church of the, of the Eagles yesterday on the show, and he said that you know the way that Jefferson plays uh, the uh, press and you know just the things they do, how fast they can run everything, was going to be a challenge, and that it was as Jefferson upended Hedgesville 59-43. Jefferson now 6-0, and Hedgesville now 7-1. and uh, That was a great game last night. Don't have a lot of specifics on that game. Uh, but obviously Jefferson kind of making a name for themselves as we already knew, but, you know, being able to beat uh, the seven and no Hedgesville team. I, and I feel like when you play Jefferson, if you allow them to get comfortable into their style, they're very tough to beat, obviously. And Hedgesville has a complete opposite style of Jefferson. So when we're breaking down the EPAC and it's very early in the season, I still think like teams like Hedgesville could knock off a team like Jefferson. When you look at just, pure like athletes and talent martinsburg might have the team that could match up the best with jefferson i don't know if they could beat them necessarily because i think jefferson's a really good team and then that's not saying that hedgesville can't or muscleman can't or spring mills can't but it just seems like like when you look at size and strength and speed and all that factors you know martinsburg has a roster that potentially matches up pretty well with jefferson's roster um but again We've seen how Hedgesville's been so good this year and really didn't play bad last night. Just kind of as the game went on, it seemed like, at least just looking at the scores and looking at the scoring runs and stuff like that, that Jefferson was able to get into its offense and get into the fast break. And, and that's really when they're pretty much unstoppable for any team. So, uh, you know, that's what I kind of took away from it from not being at the game, but being able to see kind of falling along on Twitter and stuff like that. And, I think this win for Jefferson is uh, the first stepping stone into establishing themselves as the team to beat in this region come playoff time. Yeah. Because, as you said, both teams coming into today were, or coming into the game, excuse me, were undefeated. 
and it's Jefferson that came out with the win at Hedgesville, even though it was supposed to be at Jefferson. But that's huge momentum going into the rest of the season because people are going to be looking at that game, and now once it comes time for them to play Jefferson, it's going to be like, all right, that's the team to knock off. And Jefferson will have to be in the position to win each night and keep that undefeated season alive. And if you're Hedgesville, you couldn't, after you kind of got down a little bit, you obviously couldn't play your game of, you know, running running the clock a little bit, you know, taking everything a little slow. You couldn't do that when you were down. And, uh, you know, for Jefferson, they put – they put four guys in double figures. Cameron Johnson had 12 points. Jamari Jenkins had 11. Jaden Gladney with 10. And Will Shively with 10 as well. Uh, uh, this The article I'm reading from Rick Kozlowski on the journal from last night's game. He was covering that game. Uh, but, you know, you put four guys in double figures, you're going to have a good game. And uh, according to his article down the stretch, Hedgesville became very turnover prone. And Jefferson, uh, as Probably we've, as we've press, se- yeah. yeah, but as we've seen, likes to off the press run great transition offense and that's what they did uh you know that's obviously something to look forward to and uh no uh head coach of the jefferson cougars was out with a uh with i believe covid protocols we texted him last night yeah i don't know if it's covid he just told yeah. me he was or sick. he was sick uh we were trying to get him on the show today to talk about because obviously that's a huge win uh but obviously wasn't there uh, so we didn't end up having him on the show today, obviously. But, you know, Jefferson 6-0 and really making a name for themselves in uh battle of the two top ten teams in the state. Congrats to them. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, this is, uh, you know, that game is going to be kind of what's going to probably make Hedgesville come back and, you know, play stronger. You know, you could oh, yeah, see I don't, them. I didn't expect them to. No, no, but I could. See, now, you know, I could see them. The only thing that I, I would be worried about is with them playing Spring Mills on Friday. Uh, Spring Mills, if they have uh, cheek, it's definitely going to be tough for them. Yeah, I, I don't think that Hedgesville is now going to feel vulnerable in any way, shape, or form after this loss. But they should not sleep on Spring Mills. No, Spring Mills has a good team. I think Hedgesville still has a really good team. So. You know, this is what we know about the EPAC. Every night it's going to be pretty competitive. Um, you know, there's a lot of good teams in this conference, so you can't just take one loss. And it's so early in the season, too. A lot can change between now and the next time you play Jefferson. So it's not that big of a deal to, to drop this game early in the year. You know, it's going to come down to who wins those games in regionals and who wins those games uh, in sectionals. That will really matter. Yeah, it definitely it definitely will. And uh, as I mentioned, we'll have a game Friday night that is Martinsburg at Musselman, seven thirty tip off, seven p.m. Johnny's Express tip off show. Uh, before we go to break here, I want to give a shout out to head or excuse me to Jefferson football coach Craig Hunter texting me updates for the score last night because we couldn't find any. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, thanks, thanks, uh, Coach Hunter. Much appreciated. That does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, it's family owned and operated and located at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com for more. When we come back, we'll talk, uh, we'll kind of circle back a little bit, talk West Virginia men's college basketball. They got a win last night, and uh, you'll hear the Mountaineer Report as well when we get back. Then you're rolling with your hair in the wind, baby. 
Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200 square foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns and Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251. 360 Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. Life can get in the way these days. We all know that. Work commitments, social commitments, volunteer commitments, family commitments. You put your heart into all of it. You've got enough to worry about already. Your roof shouldn't be one of those things. Everything should just work. But when your roof is in need of an upgrade, you shouldn't have to worry about that either. Modern Renovations, your four-state roofing solution. Reminding you that home is where the heart really is. Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu. Call us at 304-350-0646 and learn more today. Primary care is our primary focus at WVU Medicine Family Medicine in Berkeley Springs. Our board-certified physicians, Dr. Pamela Corintello and Dr. Amanda Michael, are committed to providing top-quality primary care close to home for patients of all ages, including infants, children, adults, and seniors. If you are searching for a pediatrician or family medicine doctor in the Berkeley Springs area, Dr. Corintello and Dr. Michael are accepting new patients. To schedule an appointment at WVU Medicine Family Medicine in Berkeley Springs, call 304-258-8824. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer Bowie, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us here as uh, we'll talk a little Mountaineer men's basketball. As you heard the game right here after the conclusion of the postgame show uh, from the Palace Lounge last night. And it was perfect timing because the West Virginia game kind of delayed its start a little bit. Well, it's a TV game. Yeah, that's why. Because of the big upset right before it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even – I forgot that. Yeah. I always forget that ESPN does that. They can just laterally go, hey, uh, this game's still going on. We're going we're gonna to hold you guys off. Well, they held them off, and then they just started it on ESPNU like it was originally supposed to be on anyway. Ah, well, Mountaineers got a 70-60 to 60 win. And uh, here is the Mountaineer report from the Mountaineer Sports Network, Tony Creedy, the play-by-play man. The Mountaineers nearly pull off a clean sweep of the Big 12's weekly honors. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger. Did you know that one in eight Americans struggle with hunger? Yet more than 40% of the food we produce is thrown out. At Kroger, we know we can do something about this. We're donating more food to local food banks through our partnership with Feeding America. And we're working with World Wildlife Fund to end food waste. But we can't do it alone. 
and we hope you'll join us in creating a world with zero hunger and zero waste. Visit thekrogerco.com to learn how you can help. prices that are lower than low on backyard favorites like grill ready hamburgers and fresh picked strawberries then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales plus rewards like fuel points giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger fresh for everyone. If you follow football in the Big 12 Conference, you know that the league has been often criticized for not playing defense. Well, here's a question for you. Was it bad defense being played by the Big 12 or just really good offense? West Virginia head coach Neil Brown was asked that question during Monday's Big 12 Conference call. He had an interesting take with what's going on with Big 12-D. I think in the Big 12, the defense has been improving really over the last three years. I think there's been a lot of uh, changes in the coaching staffs at the 10 schools in the Big 12. Not all of them, but but there's been several changes. I think I think things are cyclical in football. There was an incredible run of quarterbacks in the Big 12, and there's still a high-level quarterback play in this league. But you look at the number one draft picks and just the high rankings and, and passing offense, things like that. I mean, it's it was really difficult to play defense in this league due to the offensive skill. Near perfection at the foul line and a Mountaineer victory over the Cowboys. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger. At Kroger, fresh Kroger never goes to waste. Together, it's West Virginia to a 70-60 victory over the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. The Mountaineers advance their record to 13-2 and on the season. They are now 2-1 and in Big 12 conference play. West Virginia really the storyline all evening long was its ability to make free throws. Yes, free throws. It's an area where West Virginia statistically has struggled this season, making just 63% from the line. But on Tuesday night, the Mountaineers were nearly perfect at the stripe, making 21 out of 22 at the foul line. West Virginia with good balanced performances from Jalen Bridges, Taz Sherman, Sean McNeil, and Gabe Osaboyan. Bridges equals his career high with 22 points. He also had five rebounds and a steal. Other double-figure scorers for the Mountaineers, Taz Sherman finishes up with 13 points. Sean McNeil with 12 points and Gabe Osaboyan flirted with a double-double. He finished up with 12 points and eight rebounds. And Osaboyan, who has struggled miserably from the free-throw line this season, making just 27%, went to the stripe, and he made four of four. It was that kind of a night. West Virginia built a lead up to as many as 18 points with just over four minutes to go. They settle for the 10-point victory. It's West Virginia 70, Oklahoma State 60. Next up for the Mountaineers, a road date inside sold-out Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday afternoon. West Virginia will visit the Kansas Jayhawks. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Apologize for that week. I clicked the wrong Mountaineer report. Apparently one was still At saved in our library from 2020. So <laughs> I don't know why that was in there or why the library selected the wrong library. Uh, but Played the right one at the end. Uh, the Mountaineers, again, get a 70-60 to victory over Oklahoma State last night. Uh, improved to 13-2 and on the season. Uh, they were led by uh, West Virginia 
uh, guy, Jalen Bridges out of Fairmont Senior. 33 minutes last night, 22 points. Uh, Tash Sherman had, in 35 minutes had 13 points, 5 assists. Sean McNeil with 12 points. Gabe Asa, Osha Boykin. Osha Boykin had 12 points as well in That's 17 minutes. And, Osha Boykin. Uh, you know, four right. guys in double Gabe figures. Bell. Four guys in double figures does it. But uh, as you mentioned, Colin, they also did something they haven't really done lately, and that was convert 21 of 22 free throws. Uh, that's going to help you down the line when you can make, you know, all but one free throw. Yeah, hopefully uh, that becomes something that is consistent with this team, and it's not just an abnormal thing that they uh, had last night against Oklahoma State. But the other thing that I wanted to add, because we talked about it yesterday, was that West Virginia needed to find uh, other guys to help out when it came to scoring because you always just can't rely on Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil every single night. And Jalen Bridges came out with 22 points. Osha Boykin came out with 12. So you had four guys in double digits, and that goes a long way when you can have four guys. We mentioned it in our last segment when it came to Jefferson last night. They had four guys in double digits. Martinsburg had five guys in double digits. When that happens, you're most likely going to win ball games. So West Virginia with four. Hopefully that consistency stays there, and this team can finally get into the top 25. Yeah, I believe I brought that up yesterday, and I think um, when you, you see those guys stepping up, you know, a lot of those guys are young, inexperienced players, so now with the season kind of going on and picking up, uh, you know, those guys are getting more confidence, and a game like that against a quality team like Oklahoma State, you know, that can help you uh, progress as a team and progress as a player and uh, build that confidence so then you can be more effective down the line. So for WVU... Uh, I think that's a good win and good to see those guys step up when necessary. And like you said, if this team wants to be successful, they're going to need that more consistently. The only thing when I just looked back at the stats that I guess would be a uh, negative is field goal wise, you only shot 37.3% as a team, 22 of 59. So it'd be nice to improve, uh, there i mean 70 points is pretty good especially in the big 12 but that percentage is not always good so yeah definitely and you're gonna need to shoot better if on saturday you want to defeat uh the number nine team in the kansas jayhawks who almost lost last night they were in a one point game i believe against iowa state i can't remember the final score off the top of my head hold on let me well, go i got look. you i 62, got you 62, 61 over number 15 iowa state Yep. That game on Saturday is a one thirty tip, twelve thirty. You can hear the pregame show from the Mountaineer Sports Network on Talk Radio WRNR. Uh, knew a Jayhawk isn't a real bird. Yeah. I used to think it was, but it's yeah. not. It's a mythical creature. Don't tell my mom that, though. She might fight you. There you go. I mean, uh, it looks real. It does look real. You're right. No, I've never seen a bird. <laughs> very colorful like that just blue feathers at the bottom red feathers on top unless it's maybe like a duck i don't know i don't know it's cool looking it is cool looking but all right it's a mountaineer all right well that does it for this segment (laughs) it's just a 
dude in the, that went hunting. That does it for this edition of the sport, or not this edition, this segment Jayhawk of the sports mix. Trying to end early uh, here, but no, that does it for this segment of the sports mix. Brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford. Revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you if you don't like it. They'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. When we come back, we'll talk a late firing last night in the NFL. NFL's best moments in the postseason from Westwood One. We'll have that and more coming up next as we wrap things up. This is Eric from Hagerstown Ford. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Ollie's VIP Northside is the best local spot to catch all of your favorite high school, college, and pro sports, or to hang out with friends. Ollie's has a great beer and cocktail menu, along with a food menu that will blow you away. Ollie's offers multiple TVs to watch the game of your choice from anywhere at the bar or their outdoor patio with cornhole and fire pit. So stop by and see for yourself today at 36 Veronica Drive in Martinsburg. That's Ollie's VIP Northside. We'll see you for the game. It's the excitement of EPAC basketball on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Fowler, four seconds. Blackwood's corner, three, good! Taken away by Gladney. Over on the court, he'll lay that one up and in. Got you covered all season long with over 50 games of high school boys and girls hoops. Crossover four, and it's hot. Bennett back in the face of all. Right here on your EPAC sports leader, WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your January 12th, 2022. Spencer B. Nick Verzley and Colin McLaughlin. Happy to have you with us. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Or you can stop by their offices located at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Before we uh, talk about a coach getting fired last evening, let's play uh, memorable playoff moments from Westwood One. Are uh, you ready with that graphic, Nick? I'm always ready. All right, three, two, one. Here it is. He was born ready. Westwood One presents memorable moments in NFL postseason history. 
Heading into Super Bowl III, most prognosticators didn't give the AFL champion New York Jets a chance against the NFL champs, the Baltimore Colts. And that was precisely the edge that confident Jets quarterback Joe Namath needed. So just days before the big game, Broadway Joe guaranteed his team would prevail. It was a matter of having been told you're a big underdog that doesn't have a chance. Don't tell us we're going to lose. Don't tell us we're going to get beaten up. And that guarantee came because someone said they're going to kick our behinds. And that's all there was to it. Namath then backed up the bravado, leading the Jets to one of the most stunning upsets in sports history. New York's 16-7 triumph earned him MVP honors and gave the AFL much-needed credibility leading into the league merger. With another memorable moment in NFL postseason history, I'm Scott Graham, Westwood One Sports. I like that one better than the one we had yesterday. One of the uh, two days ago, we didn't have one. Some people argue as the biggest upset in football. Well, it was actually like a moment to remember too, like last year or the last one was just from last year. I was like, I mean, you still got to remember it. Yeah, but um, I mean, like, I want some history in my moment. Like, it is history, longer history, Colin. Historic events like Joe Namath, good energy, beating the Colts. Joe Namath beating the Colts. Uh, the Baltimore Colts during the Baltimore the time. Colts, yeah. yeah. So are you sure you were happy about that? I wasn't alive. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I wasn't alive. You win this round. And I don't like Jim Irsay, so. Well, okay. tomorrow, the quote. I don't know if he was around either. I've got, I've got a tease for you. Tomorrow. Tease. Don't tease me. <laughs> tomorrow's memorable moments now. is quote the greatest game ever played end quote according to the little piece i have here i'm not going to give any more than played. that that'd be the colts and the giants <laughs> okay okay nick just spoiling no, everything i mean that's the one everybody knows what that is uh speaking of giants the uh 2022 giants what a second yeah, what a segue right there. 2022 Giants fired their or their GM. I called it. Retired on, what was it, Monday evening? Yeah. Uh, now on Tuesday evening, they fire their head coach, Joe Judge. So now they're looking for a GM and a head coach. It's about time. I'm actually, Everybody as, a, as a Washington confused. fan, I am sad that yeah, he's gone. That's why I said yesterday I was okay with Joe Judge staying because, yeah, it helps out Washington with another hopefully continuance of beating up on the giants but we'll see i don't know who would uh i guess be his replacement it doesn't seem like the most attractive team to go to right now out of all your other options if you're i would agree with that but i I still think the new york giants are the new york giants so it's new york media it's always the toughest i'd say what new york la or la but the giants have a pretty good history of of being a good organization not of not of recent like since eli got bad but you know coughlin was there they were a good team for a while um so we'll see i mean if they can bring in a it all starts at the gm i think first so they might be one of those teams that take a little bit i don't know who would necessarily be like linked to that kind of job but um i I think they would probably take up until or they might take longer than some of these other teams, I guess, because um, they got to find their GM and their coach, and obviously well, so the Bears got to do that. And the Bears, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. I think the only ones that right now don't is Denver and Miami. I saw some a graphic on Twitter. It said the last time, or maybe it was Instagram, one or the other. The last time each team made the playoffs, and uh, the Jets are twenty ten. Yes, but 
the Giants are 2015 or 16. Yeah. Which yeah. is crazy to think that Washington has made it since then. They made well, it last season. Barely, but, you know, they still did. Uh, Joe Judge was only there for two seasons, right? Yeah, which is kind of mind-boggling I never to got me. why yeah. they hired him, though. I mean, yeah, I, exactly. I agree with that, but why, was he why are you going to give him two years? Also. Well, when they got rid of their GM, they're really going to get enough. rid of their head coach. So, I mean, that's pretty much yeah. a guarantee. When you're resetting, you got to go full reset. Yeah. Nick mentioned this before the show. We were in here chatting about stuff. Uh, safety Eric Weddle unretires, joins the Los Angeles Rams for the playoffs after Jordan Fuller's injury. I uh, haven't heard Eric Weddle's name in, what, two seasons, I believe? He last played in 2019. Uh, for the Rams. For the Rams. Uh, but that's kind of crazy. That he's back and he's unretired. This one, I mean, to me, because I guess it's maybe just a veteran that's been well, there before. They have obviously a safety, or they have some safety injuries. Uh, I think Jordan Fuller went down, so they're going to yeah. need a safety. But Eric Weddle wasn't good the last time he played. He wasn't even good the last time he was in Baltimore, which was like 2017, 2016. So I mean, what's he going to do now at this point in his career? Now, again, like, who's out there on the free agency list? Not a lot of people. Not a whole lot. So maybe a guy that knows the system would be better than some kid we never heard of. But I don't know. I just – I would be worried if I'm the Rams about your secondary without Fuller and now having Weddle, who, again, hasn't played since 2019 and wasn't good the last time he played. So. Yep, we'll have to see if uh, – who do they play again? Um, gosh, I'm blanking on that. Who do they play? Uh, they I believe they're playing Monday night. Uh, is it the Cardinals? They just played the Cardinals. It's they, the, playoffs, the Cardinals, though. yeah, yeah, it's the Cardinals. <laughs> I was scrolling. I thought that's who it was, but they just played that's them the for Monday the Monday night game. At so I was like, are they playing again? So yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's so kind we'll of interesting. Have to see if they target. Uh, I know they played the 49ers. Yeah. I don't remember who they yeah. played. They played the 49ers. Okay, 49ers won and got in. Well, uh, Bucks reworked deal for Nadamik and Sue. I I forget he's still in the league sometimes. Yeah, he hasn't stomped on anybody in a while. Yeah, so. he hasn't made headlines. Sure. He's just a normal player now. Kind of interesting. All right, before we end the day, want to talk about the uh, Washington Wizards. Uh, they were in action last Q's night. Cuse control. Cuse control back in action, but uh, it what I do. A banked in three. Uh, by KCP. By KCP. Here it is from Dave Johnson. Dinwiddie left the top of the key. Eight-second shot clock. Dinwiddie left wing outside the arc. Right wing, Catavius Caldwell pulled ball fake. Steps to his left. Shoots a three. Did you call bank? I called game. Wizards at the halfway point improved to 21 and 20. somebody doesn't call bank? Does it not count? I guess not. Uh, the Wizards, though, they improved to 21 to 20 at the halfway mark through uh, 40 or through 82 games. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, 29 points. Spencer Dinwiddie getting back in the action had a double-double, 22 points and 10 assists. Uh, Bradley Beal back in the health and safeties protocol for the second time in three weeks. Montrez Harrell did return there from the health and safeties protocol. He had 12 points. How about Corey Kispert playing 29 minutes? 12 points, five rebounds for the rookie. There you go. 
Wizards back in action tonight. We won't have that game. Unfortunately, they're hosting Orlando at 7 p.m. That's on NBC Sports Washington if you want to tune into that. But tonight on Talk Radio WRNR, you can tune into some college basketball from Westwood One. One of nine games on the slate throughout the season from Westwood One. St. John's at UConn, I believe. Uh, one of those teams is receiving votes. I believe UConn receiving I was about votes. I to say, neither are ranked right now, but yeah. still should be a good game. Yeah, Big it East. Should, it'll be a good game. Tune in that 8-15, 8-30 tip on Westwood 1. Uh, from Westwood 1 tonight on Talk Radio WRNR. That does it for today's edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, uh, saying so long. I'm Spencer Dubuis. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at noon.